0: Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could be here. You are listening to the final message in our series called Hope. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax, here it is. Uh, I'm going to speak, and I'm going to speak here in a moment, but uh, as a church, we have the opportunity to be the message. And, And when we come together, and as the song says, when we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, it's a moment of worship. And so that's what we're doing today. We're worshiping God for all that he's done for his goodness and for his grace and and we're coming to the altar today literally to the altar and it's not a moment where we're trying to appease God it's not a moment where we're trying to to get something from God but we're just simply saying God I'm yours my heart is yours everything I have is yours Jesus and I know it's been a year come on somebody it's been a year but I just believe right now in this moment in this space God is giving us the opportunity to redefine our year to call it something different and I just believe that Jesus always gives us the opportunity to call our circumstances our situations in our years something different is there anyone that believes that this morning does the church believe that this morning a few people hope by the end of this morning you believe it I want to read a passage of scripture found in Ezekiel chapter 37 and this is going to set the backdrop it's going to get us going uh, where I want to go this morning this is a vision and it's a vision that was given thousands of years ago but I believe that right here right now in 2020 this vision is so applicable and I believe it's going to speak to our situations and I believe it's going to give us hope this morning is there anyone that wants hope this morning Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says this, as the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me up by the spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. It's dark, it's desolate, it's hopeless. And he asked me, he said, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Say to these bones, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendon to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. And you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Come on, somebody. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones began to come together, bone to bone. I want to call our message this morning, Margin for the Miraculous margin for the miraculous. Can we clap our hands for the worship team, for Jesus. You guys can be seated. So glad that you guys could be here. Uh, So excited once again to be here this morning. Uh, Hey, once again, can I just let, uh, can you guys let me know who's excited to be in the church this morning? So amazing. Church Online, uh, we love you guys. So glad you could be here for this special moment. Um, it's funny, uh, I said it a moment ago, but I said 2020 has been a year. Uh, does it feel like it's been a year for some people? Yes. Like it's been it's been long, it's been hard, And and I was just thinking this last week, I was thinking to a moment, <clears throat> and I think you guys... Uh, will remember this moment for some of us you don't have to think very far back for some of us you have to go quite a ways back but I was thinking about that moment uh, in school and like I said for some of us not too far back for some of us it's way back but I was thinking that moment in school and do you guys remember the moment where there'd be a test and there was a test and like you just knew the whole time like man I don't I don't know what I'm doing like you're just going through this thing and it's just like Lord have mercy anyone remember those tests and do you guys remember those tests in those moments where, like, after class, you'd kind of congregate? I know, congregation crazy. You'd congregate with, like, your friends, and you'd start, like, talking about the test, and you guys would all just kind of look at each other and, like, yeah, like, that, that was that was rough. And, like, you guys know what I'm talking about? And you guys would start comparing, like, what'd you guys get for number two? Some person would be like, I put A. Someone's like, I put D. Someone's like, I just put C. Like, when in doubt... Another person's like, the test was multiple choice. (laughs) Like, I didn't didn't even know. And I was just thinking thinking back to that moment. And And I remember, like, you guys know the moment where the teacher would actually give you back the test. And you'd get back the test, and you'd open it up. And it's like, man, like, just as I thought. Like I failed, I failed miserably. Like how am I going to, what am I going to do? How am I going to tell my parents? Like I don't, I don't know what to do. And then, and then the teacher would come to the front of the class and, and, and he or she would kind of look out, you know, that moment. And, and it was just like disappointment on their face. It's like you guys could have done a whole lot better. Like, wasn't anyone prepared? But, but then there would be that, that moment, that fateful moment when the teacher would say that one faintful thing, she'd say, I'm so disappointed in you guys. None of you guys lived up to your potential, but, someone shout, but, yes. but I've decided to issue a retest. Anyone remember that moment? Come on. Like, I'm disappointed, but I've decided that we are gonna have a retest. And there would be that moment, it's like, yes. I have another chance. And I was just thinking back to that moment this week because there was like nothing better than knowing that you failed something, knowing that you messed up, but you have another chance. I said it a few times, but 2020 has been a year. And, and I just wonder if 2020 were a test, come on, somebody. I wonder how many of us failed. If 2020 were a test, I wonder how many of us entered this year totally and completely unprepared for what was going to happen. I wonder if for a lot of us, we've been having these moments the last number of months where we get together and it's like, man, I'm just not prepared. And now for a lot of us, it's like Harrison, that's not really fair because like there's a test, but like, man, 2020, that wasn't a test. That was a pop quiz, like, I didn't know this was coming. Like, how do you prepare for a year where there's a global pandemic? How do you prepare for a year where there's, there's racial tension? How do you prepare for a year where there's been political division? How do you prepare for an election in America that doesn't affect us here, yet it does? How do you prepare for a year like that Harrison I get it but this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't a test this was a pop quiz well it's a pop quiz if we didn't know that trials were coming but it is funny because I just I look at I look at scripture sometimes and I realize that Jesus actually says something very interesting in John chapter 16 verse 33 he says in this life you will have trials and so so what if As a believer, we weren't caught off guard. What if as a believer, we knew that trials were a guarantee? Well, I'm here to tell you as a believer, trials are guaranteed. It's funny because the book of James is basically saying, yeah, trials are a guarantee. So James frames it like this in James chapter 1. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Joy? Joy? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You want to know what James is saying? James is saying because we actually know life is filled with trials, trials aren't meant to bend us. Trials aren't meant to break us. They're actually meant to produce something. Now, for a lot of us, it's like, yeah, 2020 produced some things. Fear, doubt, insecurity, anxiety, depression. Yeah, 2020, it it produced some things. But what the Bible is telling us is that trials, hard times, are actually supposed to produce something. What do they produce? Joy. Joy unimaginable. Peace unexplainable. 2020 has been a year. Come on, Somebody. But if I understand scripture, you know what 2020 should have been? In a year full of trials, if we know trials are coming and trials are actually supposed to produce something, 2020 should have been the year of Jesus. That's what it should have been. But I wonder, come on somebody, how many of us failed? How many of us were underprepared? How many of us weren't ready for this year? I wonder how many of us in this year looked exactly like society. I wonder how many of us this year, people had no idea that we were Christians. I wonder how many people this year, people knew exactly your political ideologies, but they have no clue your biblical theologies. I just wonder what we produced this year. Because James tells us it's supposed to be joy. Now, this series is called Hope, and this, this whole message is hope, and so I'm here to bring you hope. Because I don't know what your year produced. I don't know if your year looked like how you thought it was going to look like. But I'm here to declare in the name of Jesus that he has declared a retest. He's declared a retest. And so what that means is we have another chance. In fact, if you follow Jesus, get this. It's, It's so good. The Bible says his mercies and his grace are new every single day. And so I have a chance every single day. I have a chance to make it better. I have a chance to bring hope. And so what we're doing this morning is we're bringing hope. And and I said this, and I said it because I believe it. I believe right here, right now, God is giving us a moment to redefine our year, to call it something different. And what we're going to be doing in a moment, and the reason that I said I'm just here speaking, the message is when we give, is because what we are going to do in this moment where we give, in this moment where we literally come to the altar, we're saying, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my year to you. Because guess what? And if you don't follow the news, I'll fill you in. We're about to go into another lockdown. And maybe the first lockdown didn't produce the thing that you wanted it to produce. But guess what? We have another chance. And so today what I want to do as a church, I want to get us to posture our hearts and say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours completely. Take my crowns. I lay it down at the feet of Jesus. And I've said this over and over again. This is one of my favorite moments of the entire year because it's a moment where we actually get to participate. And we get to say, God, hope is in you, and I'm believing that this morning. And so I'm excited for what's about to come in just a little bit, but I do want to preach before we get there. And so I want to to look at Ezekiel chapter 37, because I believe that Ezekiel 37 is going to give us a very real picture for today. Now, um, I say this, and it sounds very churchy, but Ezekiel 37 is a prophetic vision. And so anytime I say the word prophetic, it just simply means it's a vision that happened a long time ago. And it spoke into a situation. But the fact that it's prophetic means that it doesn't just speak into that situation. It speaks into future situations. Does that make sense? And so this is a prophetic vision given by God to a man named Ezekiel. And the context of this this passage that we're going to read, it's a time when the people of God felt hopeless. It's a time when it felt like darkness was winning. Does that sound familiar to anyone? And so in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of these rough times, God sends Ezekiel a vision. And that's where we're going to be this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37, it says this. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me into the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So, God gives Ezekiel this vivid picture. And it's this picture of this dry wasteland. It's desolate, there's death there, there's disease there, there's decay. It seems hopeless. Now, the bones are unburied, and so any person with a Jewish understanding reading this would know that the point that God is trying to get across in this picture is that things are not the way they're supposed to be. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Can I speak to someone who thinks this is the new normal? Not having contact with humans is not normal. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. That's the context. That's the vision. It's dark. It's hopeless. And I know for so many of us, we feel that this isn't how it's supposed to be. And it looks like darkness is winning again, but God. Someone say, but God. But God asks a question to Ezekiel. And he says, son of man, can these bones live? This is a loaded question. He's saying, Ezekiel, is this the end? Is this dark? Is this dry wasteland? Is this the end? Can these bones live? God's saying, really, he's saying in this moment of darkness, can light shine through? In times when it feels hopeless, can hope shine through? Is this the end? So many of us, is this the end? We're asking that question. I love Ezekiel's response. He says this so simply. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know he says, God, you alone know. Do you want to know what Ezekiel's saying? And Ezekiel sees the, 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 this wasteland. And for so many of us, we see this wasteland around us. And it's like, how do I have hope? What can I do? But I love Ezekiel's answer because what he's saying, he's saying, God, I don't know, but you do. I can't see a way out, but you can. Listen, for so many of us this year, when we've seen hopelessness, we have looked at the wrong things for hope. We've looked at the news for hope. We've looked at people for hope. We've looked at politicians for hope. We've looked at ourselves. Well, if I sneeze into my elbow, that'll save everything. And so for so many of us, we're looking for ways in this dark, in this desolate wasteland that I can actually make a difference, that I can actually be in control. Ezekiel says, I actually can't. I'm not. I don't know. But you know, God. But you alone know. Can I tell you something, church? If If this year has taught you anything, I hope it's that you are not in control. We are not in control, and this is so far-fetched for us in Canada to say, man, I live week by week, and I don't know what next week looks like. But can I tell you something, church? What if you were never actually meant to be in control? What if you were actually never meant to be Lord of your life? What if you were not actually meant to know every single step, every single thing? What if you were never meant to be in control? Can light shine again? Can dry bones live? Ezekiel says, you know God. I don't know, but you know. And So here's the thing I want us to understand. And I've said it all serious and I'm gonna keep saying it. This year when, when so many of us, so many things have looked hopeless, the only thing we can do to have hope is to put our hope in Jesus. It's that simple. Because when you look at the valley, when you, when you look at the, 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 the dry bones, when you look at the news, when you look at the numbers, there is no hope. But Jesus, but Jesus, I, I don't know God. I can't see. I can't understand. But you know, Jesus, but you know. Listen, I've said this all series, but one of the reasons I believe that this offering today is so needed, so necessary, is because we are taking this offering in a time where, logically speaking, it feels weird to take an offering. We're, we're actually giving in a time when it doesn't feel like we have. We're giving in times of uncertainty, when we don't know what's next. And the valley is over unless we put our hope in Jesus. Now to put our hope in Jesus, and not that dog that's barking. It's possessed, so we'll go get someone to cast that out. (laughs) A lot of us say, how do I put my hope in Jesus? How do I put my hope in Jesus when all that is around me is dark? When all I see is darkness, how do I put my hope in Jesus? I'll, I'll give you the answer, it's faith. It takes faith it takes faith to put your hope in Jesus it takes faith to believe when everything seems dark it takes faith to believe in the midst of dry bones but here's the thing I want us to understand about faith faith is actually seen that's that's the very essence of faith faith is believing without seeing and for so many of us we're used to being comfortable We're used to knowing what's next. And can I tell you something? The reason so many of us were rocked in this year is because for once we didn't know what was next. For once we actually had to have faith when we couldn't see. We had to have faith when we couldn't believe. But the essence of faith is this. Faith is believing without seeing. You know what that means? Faith is not built when life is fruitful. Faith is built when life is fragile. When everything's going well, when my bank account's overflowing, when I have a job, when I have health, when I have security, that's the easiest time to have faith. But when things crumble, when we don't know what's next, when we don't know what it looks like, that's actually when faith is built. Faith is not built in fruitful times. Faith is built in fragile times. It's built in fragile times. Faith is believing without seeing. Now, for some of us, it's like, well, Harrison, if I can't see it, if if what's around me doesn't look light, how do I have faith? How do do I have faith in this season? Two things that I believe the Bible tells us we can cling to in order to defeat darkness. Do you want to hear them? Number one, book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, it says the blood of the lamb. How do I defeat darkness? The blood of the lamb. What does that mean? Jesus. It means that no matter what I go through, Jesus has overcome. Can I tell you something? In this season, so many bad things could happen. So many bad things can happen. Maybe so many bad things have happened. The worst is death. But guess what? Because of the blood of the lamb, even death is defeated. Jesus holds the power of hell in his hands. He holds the key. And so what that means, whatever I'm going through, sickness, darkness, lack of health, lack of security, Jesus has overcome. When I'm feeling hopeless, I look to the blood of the Lamb. We said this last week. I don't know what you're clinging to in this season if you don't believe in Jesus. It's the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12, 11, But it says another thing. It says, and the power of the words of our testimony. What does that mean? It means our story. It means our story. Now, if you guys heard my message a few days ago online, what I said um, is that I said I'm so happy that the government uh, deems us essential, but I don't need a government, I don't really need anyone to call us essential because I actually happen to believe it in my spirit that this is essential. And the reason I believe that is because of Revelation 12, 11, the words of our testimony. And what that means is as believers, as a church, it's actually our stories that we have each other, that we can tell to each other. That is actually what gives us faith in this season. It's saying, man, I'm not alone. That's why we're essential. And so it says the word of our testimony, because get this, when we share what God has done, God's faithfulness in the past gives me eyes for the present. Because I know God has worked in the past, it gives me eyes for the present. Can I tell you something, family? If you consider Kingdom Church your home, And if not, what are you waiting for? But if you consider Kingdom Church your home, in this building, online, guess what? God has been faithful in this house. God has been working in this place. Despite all that's happening, despite the fact that things look different week in and week out, God has been working in this place. Can I tell you how God has been working in your house? Because, you see, I think, The reason we have our stories and the reason it says that our testimony will actually defeat darkness is because so often what happens is when God moves, when God does something amazing, we never say anything. Or we say something once and we forget it. And so literally the rest of this message, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to show you what God has been doing in your house. So I want to go back all the way um, to to February. And, And life was simpler back then. Come on, somebody. Uh, and, and it's funny, if you guys remember kind of how COVID worked, um, it wasn't the disease that necessarily shut down the world. It was Rudy Gobert. Come on, somebody. Um, <laughs> but what I mean by that is that uh, when, when this NBA player tested positive, the world kind of flipped upside down quick. Like, if you guys don't remember, that's what, that was, the, that was the, the hair that broke the camel's back. And then everything was just, like, closed all of a sudden. It was just fast, fast. And so it's funny because like two weeks before the shutdown, as I was preaching, I had no idea about a coronavirus. I never heard of a COVID-19, 20, whatever it was. And so I was preaching and just preaching as if life was good and God was speaking to me as if life was good. But I see it. And the reason I'm telling you guys this is because what I've realized now in hindsight was that God was preparing us as a church before everything was about to happen. And so one of the things that God said to me specifically, he said, as a church... We're going to start to give money away. Now, what you need to understand is at that time, we're about a year and a half-ish old. And for any church, church plants, uh, no matter what things are looking like, you still always have that survival mindset, which is like, I just got to survive. Come on, somebody. But God had been good, and so God said, you need to start giving. You, just, you need to start being generous. Whenever you have extra, and this is a big thought that God taught us before the pandemic, ask God, why have you given me extra? What do you want me to do with the extra? And so I came to the church, and I said, hey, church, we're going to start to be more generous. And maybe you guys don't remember this, but I said something so outrageous and outlandish that I don't want to repeat it. But I said, I have a belief one day as a church, we're going to give away a million dollars. I just believe it. And then like a week later, the world shuts down. And we don't know what's next. We don't know what it's going to look like. And I've shared this before, that like when the pandemic started, there was no guarantee that a small church, a new church, like Kingdom Church, would ever survive. But God planted those seeds beforehand. And so one of the things that we started doing immediately is we started supporting the St. Albert Food Bank. Now, one of the reasons I see God's hand at work is because what we found out and what we've known this year is that the St. Albert Food Bank would experience need like they had never seen in their 25-year history. And I'm not saying that our donation like kept them going, but what I am saying is that God planted that in advance because God knows the beginning. Come on, somebody. From the end. God was not taken off guard. But I also realized something as I look back in hindsight. Why did God teach us so much about generosity beforehand? It's because what I realize is that if you try to be generous in the moment, if you try to be brave in the moment, if you try to have faith in the moment, you crumble. That's why, for so many of us, we had to try to have faith in the moment. And we failed, but get, get this, write this one down, tattoo it if you have to. Faith is built in advance. Faith is built in advance, it's making a decision beforehand. Listen, I don't know what next year is going to look like. I don't know what next week's going to look like. But I'm choosing today to lay it down and say, Jesus, I can't do another six months like the six months I did. I can't live that way. I can't live update to update. I'm giving it to you. I can't go back to anxiety. I can't go back to fear. I can't go back to that darkness. God, you know. Ezekiel says, you know. You know. Faith is built in advance. It's choosing before the storms. Can I, can I tell you something? If you try, 2019, we used to sing this song. We sing it sometimes called Build My Life. And you guys know it? It goes, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. Just got to bring it back. And that was, like, that was like a song that we sang in 2019. And the idea is that when you build your house on a firm rock, though the storm may come, though the pandemic may come, I will not be shaken. <laughs> but I wonder how many of us actually live it. Because the storm came. And a lot of us were holding on to a piece of wood like Jack and the Titanic. <laughs> and so this morning, listen to this church, this morning. We don't know what's next, but I don't want anyone to hear these words in this room online to be taken off guard like we were taken last time. I don't know what's next, but my faith is in Jesus this time. I don't know what's next, but come on, somebody. And so one of the reasons we name this offering, and I know for a lot of us in this church, a lot of us watching online, you weren't even a part of our church last year or two years ago. And so you've never seen this tradition, but every single year we name our offerings. This is hope. And the reason we name these offerings is because we look, we're going to look back in 2021 and we're going to declare all that God did with what we gave. And we're going to remember, we gave hope in a time where it seemed hopeless. That's what we did. Now, for those of you guys who weren't here, for those of you guys who were a part of it, last year was called Sent. Can you make some noise? Anyone that was part of our Scent offering? I'm just, I'm just talking about God's faithfulness how it gives us eyes for today. Now, for those of you guys who weren't here, and maybe some of you guys, you have forgotten. Because it's easy to forget miracles. Um, But in 2019, on our sent offering, in one day, we got over $39,000. Come come on. In one day. I know a lot of y'all forgot. Maybe some of you guys didn't even know. And so many in this room right now, you sewed into that. So many in this room, you've come into that story. And now the reason I'm telling you guys that is because it was a literal miracle. I remember counting with our bookkeeper. Her jaw just kept dropping. I remember counting it myself. We told our church board. Everyone was shocked. Because it was above and beyond what we ever expected, above and beyond what we ever thought was possible. But what happened, Sent 2019, and the reason we called it sent is because we said, not knowing what it was going to look like, God's going to send us out in 2020. (laughs) And so one of the very first things that we did when we got that offering uh, was that we decided to buy a camera. And, And beforehand, we had just started recording stuff, but we had been using someone from our team. His name's Kyle. We've been using his camera. And so what it kind of looked like <laughs> was like we had videos if he was here. If he wasn't here, we didn't have videos. Uh, and so we decided in advance, I was like, hey, let's, let's get a camera and let's continue to spread our message. And like at that time, our YouTube videos were getting like 10 views. And so I was like, well, Harrison, is that going to do anything? Well, hey, God's sending us out. Let's expand. And so we bought that camera thinking we're going to have in-person and online. But the beauty of Jesus is he knows the beginning from the end. And so what we had no idea when we purchased that camera is that camera would not actually be something to increase our message. That camera was actually the only way we could actually have a message. That, That camera literally became the church. Why? Because God knows the beginning from the end. And when he says, I'm going I'm to take this since 2019, and I'm going to do something, when God says it, when God speaks a word, he doesn't speak anything in vain. And so when we take Hope 2020 today, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can't wait to come up here a year from today. We don't know how long my hair will be, and I'm going to proclaim exactly what God did in 2020. Hope 2020 in 2021. Because when God speaks a word, it comes in, and so his faithfulness in the past gives us eyes for the future. And I want to just thank every single person from 2019 that said, hey, I'm sowing into this. Hey, I believe in this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but God's going to send us out. I want to share another story. We have a video, if you could cue it up, um, talking about last year.
1: So my name is Becky Benson and um, my partner is Todd and we have been together for four years. Um, We did long distance for about a year and a half and then we blended our family. So we have six children, there's eight of us total. And he moved to St. Albert from Airdrie in the summer of 2018 and uh, immediately we started at Kingdom Church in September when when they opened up. I had grown up uh, going to church and grown up tithing uh, in my family, uh, watching my parents tithe for years and they had some really cool stories that came out of it. So that was always just really inspirational for me and uh, so tithing and giving wasn't new to me. Um, When uh, we blended our family, Todd is always a generous and giving person. Uh, I was always tithing out of my paycheck and then uh, late last year in 2019, there was um, a message given about tithing and giving and um, I talked to Todd and we talked about, you know, more than tithing just from my check, maybe we should be tithing from both of our checks now and he was 100% on board with that after the messages about giving and, and then uh, we did our year-end give and it was uh, definitely more than we could afford but it was a step out in faith uh, and we we had long discussions about it and we were both really good about it um, and then uh, just shortly after christmas we got uh, a bill in the mail from CRA and they had done a tax reassessment and given us this hefty bill and uh which was a little bit of an annoyance but uh and again we didn't have the extra money laying around to pay this bill so we sat on it for a week or two and then um all of a sudden a check appeared in in the mail for us very unexpectedly a year and a half previously when we had moved into our new home we had done some minor renovations and some of the contractors and suppliers uh, billed us directly and some billed through our construction company and there was an error made that nobody caught that we were double billed uh, privately and through the construction company and it got paid twice uh, unbeknownst to us and that company figured it out 18 months later and sent us a check uh, that we had no idea about which was for the exact amount uh, that we owed CRA for the tax reassessment. So um, that was just a really neat uh, story of, of how God provided for us too. Todd and I have just made the decision as a family that uh, regardless of where our bills are at, regardless of where our debt is at, um, that it's just priority to give and that um, you give as much as you can or, you know, or even more so and God will always provide. We have never gone without, and when we have given more than we think we can afford, God provides. If there's people on the fence saying, "Well, I don't have the extra money," uh, you know, take that leap of faith, and we've we've never gone without. We've never gone without a meal. Uh, you know, we've we God has provided always for us, and um, we just have faith that no matter no matter how much or how little we give that, that God will provide, and we will continue doing so.
0: You See, I have this belief that when you give God margin, then you can experience the miraculous. You can experience the miraculous. And so today, what I want to do is I want us to be able to have eyes beyond our circumstance, I want us to see beyond what's going to happen, what we're feeling in this moment. You see, I don't really just have faith. I actually have an assurance. I have an assurance that God has been faithful in the past, and so I believe he'll be faithful in the future. And so Ezekiel says, you know, God, I'm going to put my faith in you, God. So look what God says. He says, okay, then he says, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons. I will make flesh come upon you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. What he's saying, he's saying, if you have faith in God, if God's done it before, he's going to do it again. You can actually speak into dry bones. You can speak into dead situations. So, so listen, write this one down. And this is, this is an appeal, but it's also a challenge because we're not going back to how things have been the last eight months. If you understand church and, and the effectiveness of church, the only way church is effective is when it exists. The only way the followers of Jesus are effective is when it exists on a spectrum outside of what's happening around it. And so listen to this. For so many of us, whether we've felt darkness, whether we felt down or whether we've actually just been speaking darkness, can we be honest how many of us our conversations, they sound like everyone else's conversations? I hate COVID. My freedom. listen to this. Listen, Church. as believers, we do not speak into the darkness. We we do not speak about the darkness, we speak into the darkness. Because we serve someone that exists outside of it. The the world does not need a church that sounds like everyone else. The world needs a church bent on hope, bent on faith. We're We're not going back to how it was. God says, speak into it. Speak into these situations. Listen, the reason we can speak into our situations is because we have an assurance that says, this is not the end. Even death, this is not the end. There's more. There's more. Speak into it. Speak into it. And so I want to invite the band up because we're going to close. Now, now one last thing I want you guys... To know as a church that we're committed to doing, and it started, like I said, because God planted some things in advance. But we've just been asking God the question: God, whenever you give us something, whenever you give us extra, what do you want me to do with the extra? And so, if you guys were here a few weeks ago, I told the story, and, and you guys just heard in December 2019, God blew us away with sent offering. It was a miracle. And the miracles just continued to keep on coming because what happened in July was that our whole budget was met for the entire year. And so literally we then had this moment where God had given us above and beyond as a church. Is everyone following? And so then I began to seek God and I began to ask God, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do with the extra? And I felt the Lord speak to my spirit And he brought me back to the Scent Offering 2019, which we've spent in part. But God reminded me of the number from that offering. And I said, God, what do you want me to do with the extra? And God said, give it away. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, give it away. I said, how much? He said, all of it. And I said, Jesus, I think you got the wrong number. I said, Jesus, that's like over 30,000. You got the wrong number. I said, how much? He said, all of it. And so I said, God, this is big. This is too much. I I I have faith. I really do. But, like, I need something else. I need something more. I need something more. I need to know this is from you. And obviously it's from him because why would it come from me? (laughs) But I said, God, like, I I need something more. I need more. And so what happened was literally in the next week, I was at church, and I got an envelope handed to me, um, And I opened the envelope later, and in the envelope, there was a large amount of money, and there was a note. And in the note, it just said, in essence, it said, this is a sum of money that we felt God called us to give last year. But we've been too afraid to give it, and so we've been sitting on it. But today, right now, we finally decided to do it. And we're doing it knowing in faith that God is going to do something with this more than we could. And so in that moment, I felt God say, how much? And I said, all of it. And so we made a moment in that decision that we were going to give away our entire offering from last year to people outside of ourselves. And I remember I went and I told some people and I told our church board and I prayed that our church board would tell me no. No, keep it, invested. But Pastor Ryan, you guys know Pastor Ryan? He just said so simply, he said, you can't outgive give God. He says, so give it away. And so for the last number of months, that's exactly what we've been doing. We've been giving it away. If you guys don't know, we were able to buy someone a car because we're giving it away. We were able to provide hope for 100 families at Thanksgiving because we're giving it away. Because when God gives us hope, we don't have it for ourselves. It's for other people. And so God said, before we take another offering, let's give it away and so we're just blessing so many people this afternoon we have the opportunity to bless again well over 100 people this Christmas season we're going to bring hope, I'll talk more in a second because we need some volunteers but we're going to bring hope and we're going to bring peace and I just believe in 2021 God's going to use Kingdom Church to help alleviate poverty in this place, I believe God is going to use our sacrifice to do more than we could ever imagine so we're giving it away giving it away and every single person from 2019 that sewed into that offering this is your story this is your story and so he says I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying there was a noise a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone and I looked and the tendons and the flesh appeared on them and skin covered them it's like Harrison if we're doing all that isn't the job finished? look what it says It says, but there was no breath in them. He spoke into it once, but the job wasn't finished. Listen to this church. Every single person in this room that sewed in last year, we thank you, we love you, but guess what? It's a new year. And there's more stories to be told. There's more hope that we're going to give. And so what he says, he says, speak to them again, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath answered them and they came to life and they stood on their feet. Look at this, a vast army. Come on, somebody. I need you to... So, today, in this moment, if you guys could all stand, we're about to enter a moment of worship. Right now, the message is about to be preached. He says, I prophesied as I was commanded. What we've said this whole series is that there is no number that you need to give, there is no amount that you need to to give. It's all about whatever God calls you to. And whatever God calls us to, we give it in faith, and we give it in faith believing that so many people's lives will be changed. Listen to this, church. I'm believing. Hope 2020, so many people's lives are going to be changed. Every single one of you should have an envelope on your seat, and and it simply says hope. And so the band is going to start to play. We're going to start to to worship, and we're going to have a moment where we just come up and we drop off our offerings. And I want us to do two things. Before you drop off your offering, and this is a tradition we started last year, on your envelope, I want you to write one thing. Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a circumstance, one thing that you are hoping for in 2021. And we're gonna come to the altar and we're gonna say, God, I'm laying it down to you. I don't know what it looks like. It feels hopeless. It sounds hopeless, but I'm believing in the name of Jesus. Take it all. I lay my crowns holy, holy, holy. This is a moment of worship, church. Now, if you're saying, "Harrison, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't bring anything. I don't know what to do." Listen, grab the envelope and still write something. Believe in hope. Believe in hope that God's about to do something. I believe right here, right now, in this space, we're about to witness miracles hey thank you so much for listening to that special message we're so glad you could join us if you would like to give towards our year-end offering you can head over to kingdomchurch.ca slash give and you can be a part of what god is doing today we are believing that in 2021 god is going to use kingdom church to bring hope and to bring healing thank you so much for every single one of you that participates and that joins us on this podcast we love you until next time take care